So Matthew 22, and I'm going to start in verse 15. It says, Then when the Pharisees, sorry, let's try this again. Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true, and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Show me the tribute money. And they brought unto him a penny. And he saith unto them, Whose is the image and the superscription? They say unto him, Caesar's. Then saith he unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. When they had heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. And I'm going to pray before I continue. Lord, I just, again, we just need your help with what we do here today, Lord. Um, I need you to guide my thoughts, my words. And Lord, if it's not of you, then it is of no value what we say and do this morning. So we again, we just ask that it is of you. Um, Lord, we just ask that you would bless this time and just help and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We start this, it's this back and forth constant with Jesus and the Pharisees and obviously they can't stand Jesus. And they take counsel. They actually gather together, like, how are we going to get rid of this guy? What can we do to trip him up? We need to find somebody that can outsmart him in the law in some way. And, of course, it doesn't happen. They sent, So they take counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true, and teach us the way that... Like, we're lifting him up, right? <laughs> Let's pump him up, make him proud, and then we can deal with, we'll bring this issue to him that we'll, we'll trap him in this one, is, is really the attitude of those coming before him. And then verse 17 says, Tell us therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? And so here's, here's the question. Should we... Should we pay money to, to Caesar? Should we give the tribute money to Caesar? And I really think that this question is asking a little bit of a deeper question. I think they're looking back at the law, and the question they're asking is, is paying tribute money to Caesar a form of idolatry? Are we, are we giving worship in, in a sense to Caesar by giving this money to him and are, so are we breaking the law by doing this and so of course there's all kinds of different angles of this that people can come, come at but so anyway this morning we're going to look at just these simple practical things 
And this is something I would never preach on. Like, topically, like, if I was picking topics to preach on, I wouldn't pick a topic like paying taxes as my sermon topic. <laughs> it's just not going to be up on my list of things to preach on. Um, but here it is. Here's, here's that tax thing. And we'll just kind of elaborate a little bit beyond that. But these are things like Jesus dealt with very practical, day-to-day things that people had to deal with in their lives, and we still are dealing with those very practical things in our lives. And Jesus gives some answers. Like, you can go through... I, I won't give a long story or anything, but like, there's been situations in life where, like, what in the world do I do here? And I'm like, I wonder if the Bible says anything about this. And, like, you go digging in some of that Old Testament law, and it's like... It spells out a whole bunch of circumstances. And like the thing that I was dealing with, it was like the exact circumstance was written <laughs> in scripture of this thing. It was like, oh, there is an actual answer. And this is thing, a hard thing for me to judge what was right. And I go to the, go to the Bible, I'm like, okay, here's what's right. And there's the answer. And so we can dig into some of these things and, and find answers. And hopefully, maybe if anybody has a question regarding some of this stuff, Maybe some of this will be answered for you today. So the question is, is do we pay tribute to Caesar? And if you um, remember, if you were here when I was in Matthew 17, um, just a few pages back, verses, um, the last part of the chapter, starting in verse 24, it says in when they were come to Capernaum, they that received, yeah, I can't speak this morning. They that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay tribute? And he saith, Yes. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? And he asked this question. But in verse 26, it says, Peter saith unto him, or answers the question, and you get to verse 27, he says, Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, Go thou to the sea, and cast in a hook, and take up the fish that first cometh up, and when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money, that take, and give unto them for me and thee. So, you get this story, but Jesus' answer, as far as when they're coming to collect the tribute money for Caesar, was lest we offend them, and, you know, okay, we don't have any money on us, but we owe this money, and so... Okay, go catch a fish, and the money is going to be in the fish's mouth. Okay, that's a little unusual overall, but my point is, Jesus paid the tribute money. <laughs> he has already done the thing that is being asked, the question that's being asked here. And so we kind of already know what direction Jesus is going to go with this. You, the answer has to be yes, that yes, we do pay, but that's not the exact answer that he gives. So, Jesus' answer, and we find the answer starting in verse 19 in chapter 22 here. And he answers with a question. <laughs> he says, show me the tribute money. And they brought him unto him a penny. And he saith unto them, whose is this image and superscription? Ask them a question, put it back in their court, right? So, okay, here's the money. And anybody want to pull a, a dollar out of your wallet? 
if you have a dollar in your wallet. <laughs> a 20 maybe, <laughs> if you have any money. <laughs> but whose picture is like, well, it's, it's our government, right? It's, it's some, some historical figure is on that thing, maybe the queen or whatever. It's stamped with our government's insignia. That's whose it is. <laughs> it's, it's theirs. And so that's what Jesus' point is. Like, okay, show me the money. And I'm like, all right, here it is. And this is, says Caesar's picture on it. So they say unto him in verse 21, Caesar's. Then saith he to them, render therefore unto Caesar's the things which are Caesar's. It, it's his in the first place. It came from him. It can go back to him. Who cares? It's, essentially, it's like, this isn't a big deal. <laughs> this isn't, this isn't a, big, a deep theological issue for Jesus. It's like, it's the money. It's got his picture on it. It belongs to him. Give it back. Go ahead. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but he also continues and says, unto, give unto God the things that are God's. And so there's something deeper to be looked at in this as well. But we'll just stick with the, the taxing just for a moment. And I've heard people, my brother being one of them, I don't think he listens to me, so it's okay if I... <laughs> I'm quite certain he doesn't listen to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, my oldest brother... Um, believes that it's illegal for our government to charge income tax. And therefore, for the, as much as he is able, he does his work under the table, and he does not. I haven't talked to him in years, but the last time I really had a conversation that had anything to do with this, like he hadn't paid income tax in, in many years at that point. And I'm guessing nothing's changed. Um, his life hasn't changed at all that I've seen. <laughs> and so you just... It's illegal for our, our constitution or our charter. Like, I don't even know where he comes up with the, the argument of why it's not legal for our government to charge taxes, but, but he's got that in his head. And, and I've heard it from other people that our government has no business charging us taxes. I'm like, okay. What does the Bible say? <laughs> if you want to turn to me, to, with me, to, to Romans 13. And here's an application where we can actually use this chapter appropriately. So Romans 13, I'm going to start right at the beginning. I'll just read through to verse 7. It says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. So first of all, he's establishing that our governments are there by God's appointment. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For for this cause pay ye tribute also. For they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore 
to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. And here's right out written as an instruction to the church. We don't even, not even going Old Testament, nothing like that. It's a right to the church, written to you and me. We are, when, the, when your government says pay this tax, we're to say, yes, sir, and we're to pay that tax, whatever it is. That's the, that's the instruction given in Scripture, is to, to do those things. Um, and so, that seems straightforward, but of course, people come up with the argument, well, they're doing evil with that money. Therefore, I can't give them my money to do evil things with. Well, keep going. Let's go to... to First Peter chapter two. First Peter chapter two, um, starting in verse eighteen, says, "Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward." For this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully, for what glory is it if when ye shall be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently? But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps, who did no sin, Neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again, and when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Now, you look at that, and this isn't specifically taxes and tribute money, but it's just you're under somebody's authority, and you're to submit whether they're a good person or an evil person. It doesn't matter the character of the person that we're told to submit to. We're to submit regardless. And it uses Jesus as the example for us. And it says, Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who when he was reviled, he reviled not again. And when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Well, didn't he commit himself to, like, Rome? <laughs> well, physically, yes. But in essence, he committed himself to God, him who judges righteously, while submitting to an unjust governing, governing system, was mistreated, wrongfully convicted, wrongfully punished, But he committed himself to the one who judges righteously. He committed himself to God, trusting that God will take care of the details. So even though who he is submitting to was evil and doing wrong, Jesus didn't have to submit to the Roman government. We all understand that, right? Like <laughs> He could have walked out of there at any moment that he wanted to. But he didn't. He stayed. He submitted himself to that, trusting that God would make right all the details. 
And that's supposed to be our attitude. When, when our government says you're to do this stupid thing, to do that stupid thing, or to pay these ridiculous amounts of tax, okay, well, until it, let's not go, I'm, when they say to pay the tax, <laughs> we're not to make excuses as to what they do with that tax money to justify us not obeying. We're to do what Jesus did and submit ourselves to God. God gave us the instruction to do what they're, to pay the taxes that the government asked for. It didn't ask us to judge what was being done with that money. That's between them and God. God's going to judge that part. You do your part. <laughs> that's all that's being said there. And we, we know well that when we are being asked to commit sin, to go against God's word in some way, to defile our own conscience, that's a different story, and we're not dealing with that today. It doesn't go against our conscience. It goes against my lust for keeping the money, is what not paying taxes does. <laughs> Now, that's all I'm going to say about paying taxes. <laughs> it's, it's the right thing to do. That's, that's all there is to it. It's, it's, it's a straightforward thing in Scripture, as far as I can see. But Jesus continues in that sentence. It says, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. And that's maybe the more weighty thing that we ought to be looking at in this answer, is we need to give to God what is God's. Um, it's funny, I was meeting with some other pastors this week, and I don't even know which one it was, but somebody commented that they have got a bunch of new people in the church and they're thinking they might do a sermon on giving. And I think, I would never use that as my reason for doing a sermon on giving. And here I am doing the same thing. <laughs> I'm going to be preaching about giving, but it's not because I think you need to give more or that you need to be taught to give. It's just, here's where we are. This is what the Bible says. This is what Jesus said. So here's our, our opportunity to talk about it. So this isn't a, a reprimand of any sort. <laughs> it's just, if, if you don't know what it says, here's some information. Otherwise, here's just some affirmation as to, to how we're to handle what God gives us. And so it says, render unto God the things that are God's. So the question, I guess, is what belongs to God? Everything. <laughs> That's easy. But let's look at what Scripture had said about it as giving instruction in that area. So if we go all the way back into Leviticus, uh, Leviticus 27. As we go through these Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, we get different bits and pieces of God's instruction to, to Israel regarding all the, the, the details of the laws of how they're to, to act and the things that they're to do. And So here's just one spot that deals with this particular issue. So Levit Leviticus 27 um, in verse 30 says, and I will destroy your high places and cut down your images, 
and cast your carcasses upon the carcasses of your idols, and my soul shall... Am I wrong chapter again? Yeah. If I can yeah. turn my page properly. <laughs> it said 27 on the page. <laughs> All right, let's try again. <laughs> Leviticus 27, start verse 30. I, I was reading... 26. And all the tithe of the land. Hey, there it is. Um, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree is, is the Lord's. That's what is the Lord's. So that's why I asked that question. What, what belongs to God? It's the tithe of the land. Um, the tithe of the land, whether the seed of, of the land or of the fruit of the tree, it is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. And if a man will at all redeem aught of his tithes, he shall add thereto the fifth part thereof. And concerning the tithe of the herd, or of the flock, even of whatsoever passeth under the rod, the tenth shall be holy unto the Lord. He shall not search whether it be good or bad, neither shall he change it. And if he change it at all, then both it and the change thereof shall be holy. It shall not be redeemed. These are the commandments which the Lord commanded Moses for the children of Israel. Now, basically... It almost basically defines what a tithe is within the same thing here. It's a tenth. Um, So 10% of the increase of their land and of their flocks, anything that they did for work to produce their income, was a tenth of that was to be given back to God. We don't typically count our income in bushels of grain and of <laughs> jugs of wine and, and, and the number of sheep that we have, right? Like, that's, that's not how we count our money because we convert all of those kinds of things to actual cash <laughs> for the most part. Um, and so for us, we need to look at this from a, a cash perspective. For the, some of us maybe need to who raise our own animals and do some of that. Maybe we need to consider the biblical aspect, like the direct application of these things, but, but for the rest of who just go to a nine to five, five job from day to day, that would be your, that's your increase, is the money that you make there. Um, and a tenth of that is supposed to go to, to God. Now, the other que- the next question that everybody not everybody, lots of people ask, I've heard many, many times discussed, is that 10% of my net or my gross income? (laughs) Well, you can look at that however you want. Like, we're not under the law, per se, right? We're not earning our salvation by keeping the details of the law and worrying about all the details of it point of us observing these things and continuing to doing these things God redeemed us therefore I want to please him and do what is pleasing to him and according to how he instructs his people to live and so giving is a part of that instruction and so counting out to the penny I made $251 so I need to give (laughs) $25.10 as my tithe, right? Well, 
do you worry about the 10 cents or do you add an extra dollar or like how detailed do we need to be in? Was this before or after taxes? I've heard people like, oh, it's, it's gross. It's before tax. I'm like, well, there's no scripture to back that up. And as far as I'm concerned, I never see that money, right? When I get a paycheck, the paycheck is my, my income, regardless of what on paper it says I make. I never made that money that the government took off of it off the top. So I, I've always just considered what I receive for income is what I pay my tithe of. And I don't worry about it. And it's not, it doesn't bother my conscience at all. If it bothers your conscience, pay on the gross. <laughs> Point of, it doesn't actually matter. It's not going to change your eternity in the slightest. <laughs> Did you do what God was instructing you to do? Were you obeying your conscience in how you understood what God desired from you? Or were you holding back what you knew you should be giving? That's really the question. It's like, what's God's putting on your heart to give? Give that. Whether you work out the detail, and some people, like, there's people who, like, just can't stand not working out the details. Like, the thought of doing the math and keeping track of every penny to me and making sure I tithe exactly to the penny the right amount, couldn't be bothered. Like, this is not important stuff in my life. Like, I don't even know what my paycheck is most of the time. You used to just get, if it was a direct deposit, it was like, I would never know how much that was if I was shorted or not. And like, I didn't care. I was like, do I have enough to pay for my bills? Yeah, good. <laughs> and I'm like, I would, I would ask my wife, I was like, I want this. Do we have enough money for me to do that? And usually the answer is no, but. <laughs> Sometimes, I, I would get permission to save up. It's like, if you save, you can get it. I'm like, oh, I have to save? <laughs> those are hard things for me. But, but some people like, like not knowing those details drives some people crazy. And so working out those details is important to them, and that's where your conscience leads you. Well, then do that. But don't get so hung up on like the legalism of I'm supposed to tithe and a tenth of if it bothers your conscience that it's of your net or gross, do the gross. Like, who cares? <laughs> I'm really concerned about this, you can tell. I don't, I don't see that it's that much of a big deal. I think it's a heart issue more than it is a, a detail issue. So then the, the next question ends up being, where do I give my tithe? What do I do with that money that I'm going to give? Does that have to go to the church? And, well, we'll go back to Old Testament scripture in Deuteronomy 14. I'll try to get, read the right chapter this time. Deuteronomy 14, um, verse 28 and 29. It says, at the end of three years, thou shalt bring forth all the tithe of thine increase the same year, and shalt lay it up within thy gates. And the Levite, because he hath no part nor inheritance with thee, and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow, which are within thy gates, shall come and shall eat and be satisfied. 
that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of thine hand which thou doest. Now, this isn't like I'm just pulling an example um, out of the middle of some other context here. Don't worry about all of that. This is just like, here's the point. Is in Israel, each tribe got a chunk of the land as their inheritance. But the Levites, that one tribe, was given no inheritance because their job was to serve in the tabernacle. They were to take care of the details of the spiritual needs of the nation. And so in that role, God made a way for them to receive of the good of the land, of, to receive an income, and that was through the tithing of the other people. So those who had an inheritance, had land to work, and they could grow and they could produce and do these things, they were to bring a tenth of that so that the Levites, and it wasn't limited to the Levites, that was just one aspect of it. It's the Levites, because they have no inheritance, that's the reason for them, but also for the stranger and for the fatherless and the widow, people in need were to be taken care of with the abundance of the rest of the people. And so that's what the scripture gave as the purpose of the tithe. It was, God doesn't need my money, right? Like, what is God? God doesn't spend money. <laughs> so giving to God is really giving to people who God would direct me to take care of because they have a need. Um, that's the whole point of the tithe is so there's a, this function can be taken care of. Um, and it can be done through the church. You can give your entire tithe to the church and hopefully your church, hopefully this church, does appropriate things with that tithe money. Now, again, same as the paying taxes, that's not really your problem. You gave, you've done your part. The rest of that, the burden, the responsibility of what happens with that now lies on the, the church in whatever aspect, whoever, whoever makes those decisions for the church. That burden now lies on them of how that gets distributed. And that should, it depends. I, I don't worry about, <laughs> we're a small church. We don't have enough people giving for me to take a full-time salary. And I don't really care. <laughs> I, the church pays me what it can afford to pay me, and that's fine. And other churches pay their pastors whatever they can afford to pay their pastors, and that's whatever, do that. And we support, in a minuscule amount, a few missionaries. You know, it's a small amounts per month, but it's what our church can afford. Um, somebody mentioned at our last business meeting about giving me a raise. And so and I asked the questions like, well, look back at the budget. Was there an excess of money or did it just cover our expenses? And it just covered our expenses with the income that the church had. If you want to give me a raise, you also need to give more to the church. That's all there is to it. <laughs> and, or we just need more people coming and giving. That's it's just a matter of math there. But... 
I'm not preaching this because I want more money, <laughs> right? I'm preaching this because I want you to do what's right with what God has given you. And so if you want to give your entire tithe to the church and let the church distribute that however it feels is necessary, and really most of that's just going to be paying the bills, giving a little bit to the missionaries and paying the pastor a little bit. Um, but that passage we read in Deuteronomy says to take care of the widows, the strangers, the needy, the hungry. Like There are people with needs that you know of and you have opportunity to help that as a church, as a church board or whatever, we don't necessarily know those details and we don't, have, we don't always have the ability to distribute to those people this way, same way that you personally could do. And so when you are aware of a need in the community of people that have an actual need, go ahead and take a part of your tithe <laughs> and take care of those needs. If you're doing this for the purpose of honoring God with the income that he has given you, that is the whole point of the tithe, is to take care of people and needs. You're doing more by doing that on an individual basis as far as spreading of the gospel and doing the work of God. <laughs> You're impacting somebody's life. And if that's a non-believer, I hope it's a true need and you're not supplying a bad habit or a lifestyle of sin or neglect. But, again, that's not entirely your responsibility to, to know exactly what happens with that. Is Did you, in good faith, try to supply a need? And God can use that. You doing that, that's a weird thing to do. You know that? <laughs> when we we've done where we've taken an envelope of money and gone to somebody's house and said, here, this is for you. And you turn around and you walk away. <laughs> and you do that without expecting thanks or anything. Um, but it makes that person, that is a weird thing. Nobody, who does that? <laughs> I know a few people that do that. I've been the recipient of some of that. And what a blessing. <laughs> and that makes, when it happens to me, like, why would that person do that? <laughs> why, right? That's, it changes your heart attitude and it might change your heart towards God if you know that the reason that they're doing it is because they're honoring God with what they're doing and they just want to be a blessing to you. Like, it can give us an opportunity to be a witness and give a testimony to those people of who God is and his love for even those who don't deserve, which is all of us, by the way. I had a couple of New Testament verses that I could have gone to. Is 1 Corinthians 9. Um, speaks of the, the expenses of the church. First um, Timothy chapter 5 speaks of giving to the needy. Those same things that are written in Deuteronomy are re-given in the New Testament context for us to do as well. And that's 
God wants us to give, and a tenth should be an easy thing. But what God doesn't want is our leftovers. God doesn't want... In that verse I read at the beginning of the service, that whoso loveth silver will never be satisfied with silver. That's not exactly what it said, but to that, to that point. The more I want, like the more I receive, the more I want, and I will always find things to spend money on, right? We will always have enough expenses to eat and to consume our entire income. <laughs> that is how people work, particularly in our society. But we will always match our expenses at least or maybe just slightly above our income level. That is normal in North America. So if we're giving God what's left over at the end, there will never be a tithe. There will never be a 10% to give because we'll have consumed it. God asks for the first fruits. That was part of that Old Testament. We don't have to turn to, to those. Deuteronomy 14 has these verses of giving the first fruits. The things that the first part of the harvest was to be given away. The first of the flock was to be given away. Our income should be distributed to God. When our paycheck comes in, and our, our we, not us, <laughs> but there's churches that do like, um, they set up like these fancy banking things where you can do an automatic deposit out of your account into the church's account and stuff like that. People do that so that they never even see that money. You don't have that option here. <laughs> but, you gotta, but you can do that like, as soon as you get that check. You cash the check and you take out that part or you write that, the check out of your account. Well, however it is you're going to pay. But you do it at the beginning. As soon as you receive the income, you give that. And I promise you'll never miss it. <laughs> that is the, it'll never be there if you wait till the end. But you'll never miss it if you give it at the beginning. And that's just God blessing us putting him first, right? That's doing the obeying of God comes first. He blesses that. And you'll never, you, know, you, you can live poorly and be short, but out of necessities, <laughs> you won't be short if you're putting God first in your giving. Anyway, questions? <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, as we're, we look at money, money is a big thing in our lives. Um, it's an important thing in our lives. It's how we provide for our families and for our, our needs. And Lord, so it consumes a lot of our thought, a lot of our time. Um, handling it appropriately and honoring you with it is something that should be on our minds, Lord. It should be a part of our day-to-day thought processes, and Lord, I just ask that you would help us to submit to you in these things, um, be willing to pay the taxes that the government requests or demands, and, but even more, taking a part of our income to give to you um, for your service in whatever way that plays out, um, whatever needs that we know exist in those around us, Lord, that we would be willing to do that before taking care of our own needs 
and then trusting you to supply those needs, Lord. So we just ask that you would help us in these areas, help us to, to learn and to grow. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.